Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this Tuesday, August 11th edition of Bang the Book Radio. My name is Adam Burke, your host for the next half hour or so, as I chat with Jack of All Trades, Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Yeah, Vegas Hockey Hotline. We're going to talk hockey to start off today's show. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs gets underway here today. And we'll also talk about the Wyndham Championship, this week's golf tournament for the PGA Tour. I've got previews up of the four series that start today over at bangthebook.com. Blue Jackets, Lightning, Flames and Stars, Hurricanes, Bruins, Blackhawks, and Golden Knights. Also a preview up for the Wyndham Championship, as well as this week's DFS value picks for the Wyndham Championship. And of course, the daily MLB article posted over there as well. We'll have UFC 252 preview for you, and I'll cover the other four NHL series here today as well. And as you know, this and every edition of Bang the Book Radio, presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook, BTB, and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the sportsbook, 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. And lastly, Maddie and Tony over at footballcontest.com. They've been our proxy service for the Westgate Super Contest and also the Circus Sports Million. Uh, We'll be getting in the Circa Million probably this year, maybe not the Super Contest with the big overlay for the Circa Million. $3 million guaranteed prize pool, only about 180 or so entrants here so far at $1,000 a pop. So big overlay in the Circa Million. If you want to sign up for that, you have to have a proxy if you live outside of the state of Nevada. And Maddie and Tony over at footballcontest.com are our preferred choice. And once you use them, they'll be your preferred choice as well. With that, we bring on today's guest, Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Brian, how's it going today, man? All right, Adam. We got uh, March Madness for Hockey continues. It's great. Yes, sir. It definitely does. And we've got the first round here of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Some people would probably say the qualifying round was the first round, but this is the official first round here. And Before we get specifically into some series prices and these Game 1 lines for tonight, Brian, something a lot of people are talking about and a lot of people are kind of wondering here, you look at the favorites in all four of the series that start today, the favorites in all four of the series that start tomorrow, those are all the teams that were playing the round-robin games. Some teams cared, some teams didn't. How do you feel about the early part of the first round here where some of these teams have already played with that sense of urgency playing for their postseason lives, whereas others kind of had differing motivations in the round robin. Yeah, I I think I think the teams from the round robin will be okay for the most part. Uh by design, and we talked about that, that there'd be more open ice in the round robin games. Uh, and it was all about working on your game and be ready to ready to go. And clearly, you know, those are good hockey teams. I, I don't think you know, for the most part, there's one that sticks out that I uh, is a question mark, and I think they ended up getting the tiger by the tail, and that was Boston. And I just think Boston, 
they really kind of look like this is crap. You know, we had the president's trophy in our back pocket. I mean, they they couldn't. There was no way they wouldn't be number one overall and have the president's trophy. And now we got to go play this round robin nonsense, and they bageled out of that thing. Uh, now they could say they're a mad hockey team and make a run as a four seed because they're good. But Carolina, to me, and the only thing that's a little sketchy for me, the, the, the break Boston catches is Carolina disposed of the Rangers, and they've been off for a week. So I don't know if that's a little bit of a – uh, a bonus for Boston to help them, but I, honest to God, I think I think Carolina in the East, you could throw a blanket over these guys, but I think Carolina has a real shot to come out of the East. I, I the goaltending is the question mark, but they, they, that's a close knit group that's playing playing really hard. And you know, today I'll be I'll be stepping up to the plate with Carolina plus a dollar twenty, and I like them in the series. I I think I think Carolina showed me a lot in. The the one thing why I liked them too, Adam. It's, it, hockey's a bizarre thing. It, every, all these people talk about. Well, the Rangers beat Carolina every game of the season. I'm like, who cares? You know, did did the Carolina play them on a back to back night? Did they get them on the fourth night when they played three games in four nights? The regular season was a complete throwout. To me, the reason I like Carolina in in the, uh, that series against the Rangers and why I like them is going. I was watching the game that night when they lost both goalies. And the Zamboni driver had to come in and play. And the guy let in two goals on the first two shots. They went in the locker room against the Leafs that night. The way they rallied around that guy and each other, Toronto couldn't even get it over the red line. And and, and they won that one game, and I, and I just I couldn't get it out of my head. I said, that is a close-knit group. And I, that, that goofy night back in whatever it was, January, Sold me on Carolina, and what I'm seeing now, big picture, look out. Well, as mentioned, Carolina plus 130 for the series. Bruins minus $1.50. These numbers coming from Bet Online. Carolina tonight in the plus 120, plus 125 range for game one. But the first round starts this afternoon, 3 o'clock Eastern time, Columbus and Tampa Bay. A little bit of money coming in on Columbus here on the overnights and early morning. This one's come down Anywhere from 15 to 20 cents out there in the market. Tampa Bay, about a $1.70 favorite. They're a $2.20 favorite for the series. Columbus, plus 190. You were right about the Blue Jackets in their series against Toronto. They did need a fifth game after blowing that game four lead, but they took care of business in game five. Do they repeat last year's performance and upset Tampa Bay in the first round once again? Tampa Bay had to be going watching that game against the Leafs. On the weekend, going, oh no, really? We got to play them again. And the one thing I will tell you is Tampa Bay was a mad hockey team this entire season. And the, the kind of guys that they brought in were for a series like this. And Tampa Bay, I'm telling you, man, I mean, it, it ain't even close. I mean, I, don't, I won't even say they pushed the envelope. They're dirty. It's a, it's a mean, nasty team that had a stone in their shoe all year long. And now they're coming back against the guys that made them feel that way. This is going to be unbelievable. And Columbus's style is in your face. This, this, you talk about passion on display. What a way to start. Now I'll say this: Is Columbus live? I think the answer is yes. But I'd be the series to me sketchy. I think, I think Tampa Bay with, with the revenge thing to a degree. 
I, I don't know I can pull the trigger on Columbus for the series, but I will play them today, plus $1.55. And the reason being, I people do this all the time in the playoffs. You know, a, a team gets forced to play a game seven, and then it goes, and, and then it goes to overtime. They go, oh boy, the team waiting for—they're loving this. They want this thing to go to triple overtime. These guys will have nothing left in the tank. You know what? I'm telling you, people always go against the team that played in a game seven. I always go with the team that played in a game seven, albeit it was a game five, but it was a deciding best of five series. I think teams carry the momentum into the first game. And then the air comes out of the balloon maybe in game two. So I'll be on Columbus at the plus price today, but I'm, I'm leery of pulling the – can they do it? Yes, but I, I'm not as convinced uh, that they'll do it as I was. I, I really thought they would beat t- uh, Toronto, and I was sick to my stomach the night they blew the three-goal lead with three minutes to go. Um, I mean, I, I, there wasn't a doubt in my mind Columbus was the better team. Toronto had the better players, but Columbus was the better team. I mean, look, I like Tampa Bay in this series. I may wait and see if this price comes down a little bit, try to get it when it sort of bottoms out some. Columbus got really good goaltending in the first round from both Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens. I don't know if they get that here. I mean, look, they should have given up, based on the advanced metrics, they should have given up almost 10 goals at 5-on-5 in that series against Toronto. They gave up three. Because Corposalo and Merzlikens were so good, because Toronto was snake-bitten a little bit, especially in Game 5. I mean, John Tavares had a million chances in Game 5. Didn't bury any of them. So Columbus got the goaltending. I don't know if they get that goaltending here. Tampa Bay is a much better team in their own zone than Toronto is. When Muzzin went out for the Maple Leafs, it got very difficult for them in their own zone, even more difficult than usual. Tampa Bay is just a better all-around team. I don't think Toronto played bad in that series against Columbus at all. I think the Blue Jackets right. just got the goaltending. Well, had I, some good well, speed along the walls. Why would they can neutralize both of those? Yeah, but why? I don't. What, what do you see in that says you won't get the goaltending? I mean, either one of these guys. I mean, Merzlikens came in the game. They were down three nothing, and you needed a pistol to beat him, and he won that game. Then they come back with him, and they had the, they had the series won. They had the series won, and they fell asleep for three minutes. And then he turns around and he throws Corpusalo back in and he plays amazing in game five. I I, I believe in both of those goaltenders. I, I, I'm not worried about their goaltending. I'm just looking at natural regression. You know, in terms of high danger chances, they were very, very good at getting saves. That's something I feel like probably regresses a little bit here. Um, again, I mean, look, Columbus, they work their asses off. Most nights, they are not the more talented team. But no. Tortorella makes them work hard. The problem is Tampa Bay, as you mentioned, some of the guys that they've brought in here are high work ethic guys, high character guys, guys that fill out the bottom six, stuff like that. I don't think Tampa gets outworked in this series. And if they don't, then I think that's where they have the edge. You know, by the way, we'll know later today, but if this Hedman injury is a long-term thing. That's a big deal. if If Hedman's not out there. That's a guy that's eating 27 minutes a night. He's one of the top five defensemen in the league. If, if he's not out there, I, I, and, and Columbus isn't going to back down from these guys. I, you know, I believe me, they're in with a real chance. I, I, you know, I, there's a lot of things that Tampa Bay owes these guys, but you know, I mean, 
Carolina owes Boston. So you've got the same revenge angle going. I'm not, I, I just like Columbus in game one. I think they bring the momentum of that series into this thing. And then Tampa, and Tampa Bay, is the, tonight's game at least is the definition of what you asked me about at the very beginning of this thing. As Columbus had to go through uh, ups and downs and adversity in five hard games, you know, Tampa Bay's doing the round-robin crap. I mean, if you were ever going to play Columbus, tonight's the night to play them. Well, the next game here, the first one that starts in the Western Conference, it's Calgary and Dallas. Dallas a minus-120 favorite for the series. Calgary, even money. Game one tonight, Dallas, about a minus-115 favorite out there. Total of five, but it is heavily juiced to the over here. But these are two teams that really don't generate a lot of quality scoring chances. Well, I'm trying to see. Do we have, all right, Bishop on track to play game one. All right, so that's that's what it comes down to here. If, if Calgary was playing any other team in the West than Dallas, I'd have hammered whoever was playing Calgary. Calgary's win over the Jets was as phony as the day is long. I mean, what, Shifley and Liney out the entire series, and I'm not buying Calgary in any way, shape, or form. But they end up getting Dallas, and Dallas is a nothing burger unless Bishop is 100%. And Bishop played against Vegas in the first-round robin game, and he did not look good. Then he didn't play. Now they're saying he's coming back. If Ben Bishop is healthy, Dallas can beat anybody just because of the goalie. But there's questions about Bishop. I don't trust Calgary. I'm watching game one. I'm not going near the series, not knowing what Bishop's status is. You can't trust either team. Yeah, I'll agree with that sentiment. I mean, I think Dallas probably ultimately wins the series because, as you said, I mean, you know, Calgary got fortunate in that first series. No Shifley, no Line. Also, Connor Hellebuck wasn't great, and he had to be great to overcome those injuries. Adam, Winnipeg's defense, it was it was the it may have been in in that series, it may have been the worst defense in the history of the sport. It, it was unbelievable. They had nothing. And we knew their defense was and the, the reason their defense got exposed was their puck possession guy, Shifley, was out. They lived in their own end. You know, and, and Hellebuck had to just steal the series, and he couldn't do it because Winnipeg was just a house of cards in their own end. I, I, it's, it, it, to me, it's so unfortunate that they're playing the Dallas with question marks. I'd have played anybody, you know, Arizona, Vancouver. I'd have played anybody against Calgary other than Dallas, uh, you know. And But if, if Bishop was healthy, it'd be the bet of your lifetime. But we don't know, we don't know his status. Well, for what it's worth, Anton Hudeman was pretty good in the regular season, too. He's maybe, maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of Ben Bishop, but he did play well during the regular season. So we'll see what happens there in game one tonight. The biggest favorite on the board for the first round is the Vegas Golden Knights. They're a $3 favorite against the Chicago Blackhawks. This was higher yesterday. A little bit of Blackhawks money kind of leaking in, uh, maybe just because anything can happen in a best of seven series. But Vegas is a minus 190, minus $2 favorite here tonight. And this is the benefit of playing well in the round robin you get, arguably, the worst team coming out of the Western Conference in the first round. Arguably. But a team that's not beat down for 82 games with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and right in front of your eyes, 
uh, Kirby Doc, Kubalik, Strom, uh, Debrinket. These kids are growing up right in front of your eyes. And we think of Chicago as this old, decrepit team. Well, Keith is fresh now in a, in a short window. They are not the walkover you would think. Uh, yeah, I Vegas, I, there's in the West, I'll say this. I, I just can't envision any scenario where Vegas and Colorado are not playing each other in the conference final. Uh, that being said, and the, 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 the real soap opera comes today, and that's does Flurry start or does Leonard start? And it's not about today. It's about, you know, it's been Flurry's team. you got to be careful of what you do in the room. And the other thing is, though, do you start Leonard? Yeah, who cares? He's going against his old team. But is Leonard really a guy as a UFA that they're saying, he's our goalie of the future? And you show him some love and say, we believe in you, you're our guy, and Leonard starts tonight. And that message resonates more about, does this guy stay here next year? There's a real soap opera going on with this game tonight. Uh, what I would say, I always generally believe this uh, in, in hockey series. Game one tends to be, uh, you know, other than when teams like the Islanders that have to play a certain way. Game one tends to be if the, if the quote-unquote feeling out crap, but higher scoring, and then the hate and the angst builds up, and then game two, the team that's down is desperate and plays a safer, more conservative game. I think there are goals in this game. Uh, the total six and a half. Uh, Vegas is creating a boatload of chances, and they get Max Pacioretty in the lineup for the first time in the bubble. Uh, I, I think Crawford, the, the goaltending for Chicago is sketchy. And Vegas penalty kill has been sketchy, so I think I think goals are the order in the day, and that's the way to play it tonight. Over six and a half. I mean, you would know better than I would, but just in terms of looking at the stats, I mean, I think Leonard has to be the guy for you in the playoffs. But you can win with either one in this series. I think so. It goes I mean, beyond the stats, though. It goes, it goes yeah, it, it does. well. No, it goes way beyond the stats. They, you know, you're are. You, you can't, you're not going to do it at the sake of losing, but they're not going to sit there and go, oh, if we play flurry, we're going to lose. You know, they've got that luxury. So, you know, they, they rewarded this guy with a nice contract. He was the face of, of an expansion team that went to the Stanley Cup final. And you got to do right by the guy. And, and now there's been turnover in the room, but it's still, it's been flurry's team. Leonard has played five games for the Golden Knights. It is nothing. I mean, the stats, yes. Okay, I get it. But it, this is about, hey, man, this guy's been our guy. The other guy's only played five games. You can't just throw. And they're gonna, and they're both going to play in the series because I think on the weekend they play back-to-back days. They're both going to play. So unless you say, if we play Flurry, we could lose the series, then you play Flurry tonight. Or you play Leonard because you want him to know right now He's your goalie of the future, and you're already making your pitch to him as a UFA. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a hockey soap opera. Who starts this hockey game tonight? Because it's all it's all about the big picture and what the organization's thinking is moving forward. So as we shift gears to Wednesday here, move back into the Eastern Conference, the Islanders and the Capitals. Obviously a very interesting series here. Barry Trotz going up against his former team, the team he won the Stanley Cup with a couple of years ago. Capitals minus 142 for the series, minus 130, 135 or so for game one. 
we we've talked about the Islanders already. You know, another team that plays a very grinded out defensive style of play only gave up three goals, five on five, in their opening games here in the restart. Capitals, you know, we know what they're capable of when they really want to go out there and play. What do you think about this series? Well, coming in, I thought Washington was the team flying more under the radar than any team. Yeah. Oh, the Flyers. Look at the Flyers. Aren't they hot? Tampa Bay's got all this stuff. And Boston was the president. These guys won a cup two years ago. All right. Nobody in the East won a cup last year. Uh, you know, I think Washington's flying under the radar. And that being said, I've got a future on the Islanders that I got back in February. And then the way they were going, they weren't even going to make the playoffs. The break came at the best time. The Islanders maybe benefited from this thing more than anybody. And the true X factor in the series isn't even on the ice. It's Barry Trotz coaching his old guys. And, and, and they're going to play his system, and he'll he'll have a way to frustrate Washington. I'm rooting for the Islanders, but I, I think Washington's a real sneaky play to come out of the East. Well, I, I think it's a correlated parlay, by the way. You know, if, if the Islanders are winning games, they're under. If the Caps are winning games, it could be both. But I'm, I'm more, more prone to say... You know, Washington in the over or Islanders in the under. That that would be at least the, the mindset going into the series. Rooting for the Islanders but not going anywhere near it because I really think watch out for Washington. And okay. honestly, I, honestly, I mean, I I guess, you know, the, the, the price isn't that monstrous for Washington, which maybe is telling you something. And I could hedge out of the Islanders, but I'll see how it happens. Well, I mean, I think one of the, the big questions here about this series is, you know, we know that the Islanders, they don't generate a lot of offensive chances because it's just not the style of play that they have. But what we know about the Capitals from this year is that Braden Holtby was awful. I mean, he played a little bit better right before the shutdown. Didn't look terrible in the round-robin games, but Braden Holtby was atrocious during the regular season. Is that the equalizer here, where maybe the Islanders can capitalize on their limited chances and make things a little bit more difficult for Washington, you know, unless they get, you know, a better Braden Holtby, that chance is always there for the upset. Well, don't forget, Grubauer was the goalie to start the season, or start the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then it was Holtby that came in in relief and went on a tootsie roll, and they won the Stanley Cup. But Holtby was not even the starter, you know, uh, the year they won the Cup. So he can play on the big stage. You know, by the way, uh, Braden Holtby made $6.1 million this year, and he's a UFA. I don't think that he's in their plans, but he's playing for a big payday uh, in this, this tournament. If Braden Holtby gets hot in this tournament, he made $6 million this year, some team's going to step up and throw money at him. So don't, don't kid yourself. Holtby's highly motivated. Well, and as we take a look here at this next series, we could probably save a little bit of time on this one. Colorado, about a $3 favorite against the Arizona Coyotes, minus 290 to be exact. Colorado, minus 175 or so for game one tomorrow. It's a 5.30 Eastern start time. I mean, is there any chance of an upset here? Yeah. I mean, you know, Kemper's playing great. I mean, like I said, it's anything can happen. Yes, a goalie can steal a game. A goalie can steal a series. That being said, I Colorado's my pick to win the cup. I, I they they've just got a plethora of riches, and we know about McKinnon and Landis Gog and Rantanen 
It's it, but it's McCarr and Gerard and the speed on the blue line and Cole's a warhorse. But it's the guys they brought in. I mean, the, the 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 they beautifully identified where were they lacking, in and it's grit in offense. Kadri is is a nice addition, and listen, in a series, Matt Calvert is a nightmare. Nobody talks about Calvert. Calvert's a nightmare. You get Belmar, uh, so solid a player on the PK. Uh, you just you just look at the and then oh by the way they bring the Burakovsky guy in from Washington, and he, you know he's a, another guy that's a, you know capable of twenty five goals in a season. Colorado to me is stacked, and I I I swear to you, a seven game series between Vegas and Colorado is going to be something else, uh, and to me that could that may be for the cup. But I, yeah, Colorado, I think, is moving on. I, I'm not, you know, Kemper's been great. In Arizona's feeling their oats a little bit, but Colorado's the real deal to me. So the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, they look great in the round robin. They wind up getting the number one seed, and they luck out potentially with the fact that Montreal knocked off the Pittsburgh Penguins here. Philadelphia, minus 210 favorite. They're a minus 160 favorite for game one. You know, Montreal was a very good team in some respects with the advanced metrics during the regular season. They just didn't get the goaltending from Carey Price. You know what they got in the qualifying round? The goaltending from Carey Price. Can they pull another upset here? I would say no. Uh, but I, again, just like Arizona, They've got they've got price, so can it happen? Yes, I will say this: everybody is drooling over the Flyers, and I don't get it. I yes, they were incredibly hot at the break. They look really good in the round robin games, but I that means nothing to me. I swear to you, these were glorified exhibition games, and and give them credit; they're playing great. You know, I, I'm not not taking anything away from them, but I I people are talking about them like they're the Central Red Army team, and I I don't they're not that good. I I mean I I think, you know, they'll be heard from. They get by Montreal, and you know we'll see how far it goes. Who their next opponent is? Um, yeah, I I think they get by. But the one thing to me, Adam, when I looked at them. And again, you throw the for the most part, you throw the regular season out because it was forever ago. But but the overall the, the sample size, if you wanted a big sample size, I don't care what teams did against each other head to head. But the Flyers were twenty five six and four at home. All right, they're a good hockey team. They were one game over five hundred on the road. They're a really good they're a good hockey team. But people are talking about them like, look out. You know, I mean, they racked up. Look, they were the best team at home. They're not home. There's not. They're not playing four games in Philly. It's you know. So I don't think it catches up to them against Montreal, but it does soon. One more series to touch on here: the St. Louis Blues, a minus one ninety favorite for the series against the Vancouver Canucks at plus one sixty five. Blues about a minus one fifty or so favorite for Game One. A lot of people pointing to how Boston didn't really care about the round robin. St. Louis didn't really show much either. They didn't play everybody in all the yep. games. They didn't do much offensively. Still played pretty well defensively, but just not a whole lot of jump when they had the puck. 
but you would think a team like that, reigning Stanley Cup champions, could flip the switch if they need to. Yeah, and again, I'm yeah, I'm not overreacting to the round robin games, and and I agree with you. And Bennington did not look like a world beater, but again, I, I think they I don't know if you could say they're flying under the radar, but I mean, you know, they had 94 points this year. I mean, this is a really good team. Uh, Tarasenko's back. Uh, the, you know, the Pareko, the blue line, the guys, the guys they got on the blue line are studs. Very dangerous. I would just say yes, they get by. Uh, Markstrom is a guy that can make it very, very difficult for him because there are nights where St. Louis has trouble scoring. And watch Miller for the Canucks. The guy's been, he's a war horse. What a stud. He was almost buried in Tampa Bay. They had so many great players. You didn't even realize how good Miller is, and he's been wonderful uh, for Vancouver. Uh, but the uh, the takeaway for me is that I thought the round robin Eh, whatever. Who cares where you are? Yeah, you got to go through the good teams. But Vegas, the winner of that Vegas-Colorado game, the biggest edge that Vegas got, and it really did mean something as it turns out, is they only would have to play Colorado, right? Where now Colorado likely has to play St. Louis and Vegas. So don't sleep on the one seed in the West actually turned out to be a pretty big deal. We'll definitely chat more hockey with Brian as the Stanley Cup playoffs go along here. But I want to move over to golf for a few minutes. The Wyndham Championship this week. And as you would expect, the week after a major, the FedEx Cup playoffs start next week. We've got a little bit of a watered down field here. Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, your co-favorites, 10 to 1. Webb Simpson is local to the area. Back-to-back runner-up here in this tournament. Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood, Paul Casey, who was a runner-up last week, played very, very well. Justin Rose, Harris English is 25-1. to He's been a popular pick so far out there in the marketplace. This course, par 70, a little bit long, some long par 4s, only two par 5s. You look at this course, and putting is important. Strokes gained off the tee are important. So what does that mean for your handicap this week, Brian? All right, real quick, pop quiz coming back at you. Uh, we've been talking. We talk golf a lot, right? We have for years. Generally speaking, we, we, when we talk about golf, what, what do I tell you? My approach is on on how to bet this stuff overall. Well, you're you're taking long shots and you're taking in tournament guys on uh, Friday night. And last Friday, Colin Morikawa was thirty to one to win the PGA. Friday night, I got Colin Morikawa at fifty to one. That's Again, what, he's five shots back before moving day. Honest, I'm just, from a betting perspective, yeah, I think you come in with some grenades if you've got a firm belief in somebody, and the way to bet is, play, is, is on Friday night going to moving day and the weekend. You get quality golfers at higher prices than they were before the tournament started. Now, for this thing, Webb Simpson is going to be a midfold. Anything in Carolina Yet Webb Simpson is the favorite at 10 to 1. And he's got seven top tens in this tournament. So we know he's going to be there. Kepka's 12 to 1. You know, he, he put his foot in his mouth with what he said about Dustin Johnson. Uh, you can't take away anything from what this guy's done. It was remarkable. I don't know why he put that undue pressure on himself. That comment was stupid. But he's playing for the thing about this week, you've got guys that have to play well to get in the top 125. 
because it's the final regular season event. And there are guys that are motivated to get in the top 70 now. So they're guaranteed to play two weeks. So it's all about the motivation. I got I got three plays, and one I've got a really strong opinion on, and we'll see. It's a guy that usually drives me nuts. Danny Willett is a monster price. He missed the cut at the PGA, but he's over here playing golf now on a regular basis, and his game seems to be coming back. He's at 149 in the FedEx Cup standings. I mean, he's got to he's got to have a top ten finish if he wants to make the playoffs. So I, there's a guy that's motivated, missed the cut, which to me is kind of a benefit to to get cross country earlier than the other guys and be there. I think a young guy like Taylor Gooch can make some noise at a balloon number, but I I really really have a strong opinion, and this guy drives me nuts. He misses more three to five footers, and usually they're for birdie. Because ball striking, he's terrific. In this tournament at 55-1, to 1, I think Shez Reavy has a real shot to win this tournament. And, and you look at the guys that are above him, uh, you know, I think Reed has a, you know, Reed could play well. Rose, it was, Rose, Justin Rose was the most miraculous thing I've ever seen. He finished nine under par. This guy probably hit the fairway 18% of the time on that course, and he, he shot nine under. He was all over the place. Uh, Kisner in Carolina, thirty-three to one. You know, you're getting Kisner because it's in Carolina. That's that's the and the odds makers are smart. But the guy that's like really consistent and he's always on the first page of the leaderboard is Shez Reevy. And with a depleted field, this is the kind of tournament I think this guy can win. And the price is a ridiculous overlay. Yeah, I'll throw out a few that I like here. I do like Harris English. I am, you know, sort of the wisdom of crowds here this week with him. His price is down from thirty to twenty-five. He's a guy that I kind of keyed in on pretty early. Good in strokes gained putting, top 40 in strokes gained off the tee, four straight top 20 finishes. So I do like Harris English. Also like Billy Horschel here this week. Kind of a horse for course profile, couple top 10s the last four years, 11th two years ago. Back-to-back top 15 finishes at Mirfield Village. So he's in pretty good shape. But there are a few longer prices I like. I know you talked about Sepp Straka maybe two weeks ago, I want to say. He's a good look this week at 80 to 1. Solid 31st in strokes gained off the tee. Top 65 in strokes gained putting. In a field like this at 80 to 1, he's worth a grab. Another guy I like here, and I've seen him as high as 110 to 1 out there in the market. Christopher Ventura is a guy that is an elite putter, fourth in strokes gained putting. And when you look at this course, last year putting was very important. JT Poston won last year. He's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Webb Simpson's a good putter. He's always competitive here. So I thought Ventura with the strokes game putting angle, not a bad look. And he's got four top 25 since the restart. So I've got a couple of guys in that 30 range, Straka in the 80 range, and then Ventura's my triple digit look this week. All right. I hope you're right about Billy Horschel. I, at 200 to 1, I've got a, a ticket on Horschel to win the FedEx Cup. Because he plays those courses really well. He does play well there. And he usually peaks at this time of year. So now I'm hoping that you're right uh, about Horschel. And he's currently number 50. So he's in the FedEx Cup. But I hope he's doing well to improve his FedEx Cup standings to be positioned better. And I will tell you, the other thing I did this week, I bet Adam Scott in in the PGA who was coming off a five-month layoff, and he played 
great. Uh, off the long layoff, he put great. He off such a long layoff. Adam Scott, I thought, had a wonderful PGA tur- a championship. I bet him at eighty to one to win the FedEx Cup. He's not playing this week, but Adam Scott currently resides at number thirty-four in the FedEx Cup standings. One top five uh, in the it, once the playoffs start from Adam Scott. And he's in the tour championship. He'll be in the top thirty. And if he wins, happens to win one of the the, the lead up events, and he wins at East Lake, he wins the thing. He is so under the radar. He was out of sight, out of mind. I think that's what you always got to be doing is always looking ahead. Uh, I got to play. I, I made a bet this week on a crazy price on Adam Scott to win the FedEx Cup. And then the last thing I'll say, and I really hope I'm wrong about this. But I think Bryson DeChambeau wins the Masters by four. I, I, I'm just telling you, we talked about that before. You better bet him now. I'm, I'm, he literally is starting. He's starting with a four-shot lead that tournament. Because on 13 at Augusta, he is just going to hit it over the trees, and he's going to have a sand wedge coming in, and everybody else is hitting three iron from the uh, a side hill lie or the pine straw. I think Bryson DeChambeau is going to be, you know, at the Masters, he is going to be really tough to beat. Well, it's a bold call there. And and as far as this tournament goes here this week, real quickly, players, notable players, that are 120th through 135th in the FedEx Cup standings. Remember, the top 125 advanced to next week at TPC Boston. Tom Lewis, Siwoo Kim, who actually won this event a few years ago, Chase Seifert, he's 200 to 1. He's a guy I may take a shot at. Zach Johnson, Shane Lowry, Matt Wallace, Rafael Cabrera Bayo's got back to back top 15s here. And Sergio in the field this week because he's not in the top 125 yet. So those are some names for you to keep in mind. One Maybe more. Matchups on Saturday well, and Sunday, guys well, that have to play well. Yeah, well, one more, and he's right there in that clump, and his game's been back of late, is Nick Watney. Nick yep. Watney sitting on the outside looking in. I could see, I actually I kind of tinkered with the idea of a play on Nick Watney to win this thing this week. I didn't, but I think Nick Watney and matchups absolutely play this week. And that's what you bring up a great point is go look at the guys that are in matchups. I mean, you know, every guy you just mentioned, go look from 126 down to 140, 150. These guys, in, I mean, you're playing them in a matchup. These guys are going out there knowing they need a top 10 or, or something to get the points just to make the playoffs. These, these, and so every shot will matter. You know, in a matchup, it's like, ah, I turn a page, I move on to the next tournament. Every shot matters to these guys for all four days. Those are the guys you want to play in matchups. Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. You talk a lot of golf. Obviously, you talk a lot of hockey. Plenty of things for you to talk about here this week on the show. Oh, it's great. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of cool stuff. And uh, you know, listen, uh, horse racing tis the law. Art collector did the job this past weekend. We got the uh, the Kentucky Derby down the road. It's a great time of year. And the, the baseball, I don't know how they make up the Cardinals games, uh, but you know, baseball seems like they're they're fighting through this thing. Uh, one one little footnote to watch today to be interesting. I took a shot with the over. In the Miami-Toronto game, it's the first game that will be played at Salem Field in Buffalo. And, I, you know, I mean, it's a triple-A park. It's a beautiful park. 
and they've done an incredible job. They kind of set it up like the NHL did, but instead of the fake fans sitting there, they've got the, the big Blue Jays tarp on the first and third base line. But don't forget, the, the studs for the Blue Jays today learned their craft in this ballpark. So I, I think Toronto maybe could go on a Tootsie roll on the games that are played in, in Buffalo. Uh, but I think the dimensions are fine. But I, I think you might see a lot of runs scored in games played there. So today's the first kick at that played the over in the Miami-Toronto game. Make sure you check out Brian's two shows, Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline, KSHP.com. Also follow him on Twitter at Brian Blessing with the Golf Betting Podcast, the Hockey Betting Podcast, and also some appearances on VSIN coming up this week for Brian as well. Brian, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining me, and we'll talk to you again soon. Adam, as always, bud. I enjoy it. Have a good day. There you go. There's Brian Blessing. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Brian Blessing to get all of his stuff. Does a lot of fine work out there in this sports betting space. Coming up on Thursday, new edition of the Betters Box, our MLB betting podcast. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you again on Thursday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.